0: Talk there's been in recent years about online continuing education we forget that maybe this is not a new model in fact continuing education uh, teaching architects during uh, a lunchtime session is decades and decades old and it's it's really the basis of online education and distance learning uh, certainly AEC daily has had a great success with that online education but we can't forget that there's real power in that face to face presentation and getting to meet the architect and working with him or her on the project and providing the additional information, not just the basic learning, but tailoring the presentation. And so we thought we'd go ahead and talk to a few people who do education well or know about face-to-face education and know how to do it well. And so we went to four different people. Uh, we talked to Tom Lowther, who was there from the beginning when AIA created the uh, Education, the CES program, to provide some structure to all that education that was happening out in the field. And then we also talked to, uh, an, we thought we should talk to an architect, and we talked to Dennis Hall, and we asked his opinion. Uh, we also spoke to the coordinator of a firm, an architecture firm, and found out what she looked for and what she. Found were some of the bigger mistakes that were being made uh, by the presenter, by the building product manufacturers. And finally, we talked to a building product manufacturer who actually won an award for the quality of their face to face learning. These interviews were done at the American Institute of Architects 2009 convention in San Francisco. Our first interview is with Tom Lowther, Senior Director for AIA. Why do architects want education from building product representatives? today architects want related to the
1: projects 10 years ago 20 years earlier they want whichever manufacturer walked in the door with food that was the training department of our architecture firm today they want relate to projects if it's not related to the projects you're going to have a harder time
0: how should it set up how should how can they reach and how can they get in front of the architects
1: every architectural firm who is significantly interested in professional development, not continuing ed, not how to uh, fix the computer, not how to answer phone, uh, long-term. Firms are now starting to become more long-term, professional development. Every firm that has that has a point of contact, and you need to find out who the point of contact is. For the AIA, what the AIA has provided is a list of the individual who is responsible for professional development within that firm phone numbers, point of contact, or in every way, phone numbers, addresses, emails. Don't look for other people in the firm. Go directly on our line, on the AI website, providers, point of contact. It'll give you exactly what you need. In the AI, most of the members aren't with a firm of significant size. They're one- and two- and three-person operations. And so the only way you're going to reach those people are through the components They're the local chapters. Almost 280 chapters, there is a point of contact for each chapter. Not all of them are going to necessarily work with you, but many of them will. They're looking for quality education. They realize that the manufacturers provide something that no one else does, and that's practical experience. Um, So contact the local chapter. Give them significant information about who, what, where, when, and what you're going to talk about. Provide the information, but treat them as a large chapter. Uh, or, I mean, as a large firm. I mean, you, you talk of something like New York City. Here's a chapter that has hundreds and hundreds of single practitioners. You're never going to reach them except for online or through the chapters. Those are the only two ways you're going to reach them. You're never going to reach them through a, a large firm. So uh, most of the architects in the United States and Canada are single practitioners. What should they present and how? I think the biggest flaw of most product manufacturers is they have a single message. They try to dump their entire life knowledge into one hour, and it's amazing how many manufacturer or provider groups have one or two courses. Um, it needs to be neutral to the industry. When they try to push their own products, um, the architects will be turned off. I'll give an example in a stone that I really, really pushed the point across. Uh, the presenter was talking about the effect of masonry and how long-lasting it was. And in the presentation, they showed the Great Pyramid and the Great Wall of China. And you look at the visuals, and you go, wow, that's powerful. I mean, the first 30 seconds, the guy had a meeting out of their hands. But he proceeded to talk about his company. He kept throwing the company name out every 30 seconds. They knew who the guy was. He destroyed it, and within 10 to 15 minutes, people started walking out the door. He had them. All he had to do was stay on that same track. Look how permanent masonry was. Uh, stones, I mean, those things last forever. So stick with the product. Um, and for and now the architects are looking for how does it relate to their projects. In the AIA, we have 22 specialty areas. Most product manufacturers have two or three courses, and they try to take those same two or three courses stone. Architects, you're only allowed to teach it once every three years anyway. And yet, they try to say to sell the same course to someone who's working in residential, which is then mixed-use facilities, industrial, religious. Why? The architect's looking at it from the point of view, I've got a special project here in a, in a church. I've got a special project here in a school. You can take the first 30 minutes of the same basic core general material, and then for the next 20 minutes or 30 minutes... Present something specific. They want to see pictures of churches. They don't want to see pictures of schools when they're teaching doing churches. They don't want to see pictures of ch- uh, churches when they're dealing with hospitals. So have, have 5 or 10 or 22, if you have a product that's really generic, do 22 different courses. It doesn't cost any more to register those kind of courses. It really isn't as significantly different, but it makes them feel it's specific to their need. And when they go into the firm or when they contact the firm, Talk to them in advance and say, what kind of projects are your firms working on? Or better yet, go on their website and look to see the kinds of projects because they're going to tell you or they're going to show you on their websites the kind of things they're proud of. These are our projects. Then you better go in there with firm, I mean, material that relates a little bit to the kinds of projects they're working on. If you don't, you're not going to get much of a response. You'll be lucky to get in the door in some cases.
0: So what should they not do? What are the big nightmare problems and mistakes people make?
1: My company does this. My company does that. Um, they don't care. They know who you are before you even come in the door. They see your literature. They know your handouts. Um, they want to know what's going, to, what's in it for them. That everybody wants to say, how is this going to benefit you? If you can show them as it relates to their, pro- again, to their projects, they're going to pay attention to it. Uh, the worst scenarios are the ones that try to dump a lifetime of information into one hour. And their company is the only one that can do it. Their product is the only one that can do it. There's plenty of time to sell before the program. There's plenty of time to sell after the program. The important part for a provider or a manufacturer provider is that they're trying to become a, a, a consultant. That when the problem comes up that relates to the, whatever product or service they offer, that when, the pro, when that issue comes up or that uh, situation comes up, the architect's is going to come back to them to say, you were honest with me. When it came time, you know, you could have made a sale over here if you really pushed. It would have been wrong, but I would have bought it. But, you know, you were up, up front with me. I'm going to stick with you. Most people develop the, it's the, it's the face-to-face contacts that they develop the relationships with. Um, today's society, though, with, I mean, today's technology, you're only going to reach a small percentage of them. You're going to have to have both. How do you maintain that same um, connectivity through the Internet, through face-to-face, um, it's got it's kind of an open approach, and you're more as a consultant. What would you want somebody telling you? I mean, it, 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 turn turn that table a little bit. Would you want them pushing a the sale on you? You don't want a car salesman selling you a car. You want to say, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to make a let's talk about the pros and cons of it. Afterwards, you'll make up your own decision. Architects aren't any different. Just turn that table a little bit. Bases.
0: So where where are we headed with a building product education to the architects?
1: Let me give an experience uh, that has happened within the last year and a half. Went into an architectural firm. Prior to that, they t- I was going in and I was going to offer a uh, program that was kind of a group activity, interactive approach. And two, month- or two weeks before I get in there, they said, we'd like to go uh, offer this on the uh, WebEx. And I said, uh, how many people are we talking about? You're telling me you've got about 30 people in your office. He said, yes, but we've got about 150 people in 11 offices in two countries. And we'd like to have you do it for those people. And I said, but this is not a PowerPoint presentation. This is a group activity. And they indicated, well, we're sure you can come up with an alternative. So I do get to the office. At least I had a warning. What I'm hearing is that not all manufacturers have warnings about this. They're sometimes told on the spot that you will be doing a WebEx. And it's a very different approach. You're talking to a computer, not to people. Um, I get into the office, I start the presentation, I do it's a, an hour and a half program, I do my 30 minutes with the PowerPoint, everyone feels real warm, and then I said, each group now will break in, each office will be a group. You will be given a project a task that you have to come up with solutions for. Out of the 130 or 120 people in these other offices, I know at least 11 of them are awake enough so they can report back. The others, I'm not even sure about. Um, this is the future. This is where we think you're going to see more of it um, as firms become interconnected. Groups like yourself with AEC Daily are going to be uh, a major piece of that puzzle on Internet education. The younger generations are comfortable with this. The architects that have been doing the lunch lunch programs for the last 25, 30 years feel like the face-to-face, but you're having the hybrid. This is a combination of both face-to-face and the hybrid. Now, the complication became even more profound when they said, we would like to archive this information. And I go, wait a second, you've just changed the text of this. I came in thinking you were going to hold it. Why would you want to archive it? And they said, well, people need credit. People may want to have this information. I said, I may have presented this different manufacturers better be very careful about how they present and who's presenting that that is extremely accurate because once it becomes archived it better be right (laughs) Um, and they can't use it the same way I'm not about to make a test for that particular session I said are you are you willing to uh, develop a course for it I mean a test question because you made it an asynchronous session when you archive it and besides that's my material I've, if, I'm, if I have a company and i 've copyrighted that material i 've lost all control of it by you archiving it and giving it to other people, so these are newer issues that we 're just starting to deal with,
0: but you 're going to see it more and more Next we interviewed Dennis Hull, an architect with decades of experience and like the majority of architects in the united states uh, he 's the owner of his own small firm with a few employees.
2: Uh, Dennis Hall. I've been an architect since uh, the early 1980s, so going on 30 years, and uh, we're mainly, we have an architectural firm and a uh, specifications consulting firm. And and how many lunch and learns would you say you've seen? Several hundred, easily.
0: So why are architects interested in hearing from building product manufacturers from an, an educational standpoint?
2: Well... Architects are always interested, or should be interested, in getting better at our craft. And the only way we can get better is to keep accumulating knowledge. And things change in our industry. Products change, and we need to be keep abreast of what those changes are. And no one knows more about the products, generally, than the people who produce those products. So... If a manufacturer has a product and they think they have some interesting
0: stories to educate architects about, what's the best way to get in front of the architect?
2: Well, generally, in most offices, there's someone who sets those up for the firm. And so you need to find out who that person is. That might be the uh, uh, director of specifications. It might be an administrative person. Um, you know, or it might be a principal. So you need to find out who that key person is who keeps tabs on uh, what uh, manufacturers have presented and how often they do that, whether they do it every other week or once a month or once a week. And then who would be interested in your particular presentation. So when it comes down to the presentation, what do you want to hear? What is it that, uh, what's a good presentation? How does it should be? How should it be put together? The presentation should be based around not uh, I'm here to sell my product. It should be around solutions. What You want to find out what are the problems that the architect is having or that, what the problem that their client is having. Because my job as the architect is to solve my client's problem. and the job of the product representative is to help me solve that problem. So you tend to have some product representatives that approach it from a sales point of view. They really don't care what your problem is. They're there to sell their product. And you have some that are very technically oriented and they come and learn what projects you have, what are the issues, and then they come back and say, here are the products that we have that could help you solve your problems or let us suggest other products by other manufacturers because it's a matter of developing personal relationships and trust with people that's what life is about no matter whether we're talking uh... architecture or product representatives or client uh, owner relationships uh, is, is getting a comfort that the people are there looking out for your best interest and not necessarily there for their best interest or to sell something.
0: So what should they not do? What are the uh, big uh, no-nos when it comes to doing presentations to architects?
2: Well, I think there is a lot of... There tends to be or what seems to be a lot of pressure from the national sales manager to sell. And... Um, you can tell when someone is trying to sell you something most of us would rather buy something than be sold something and so the opportunity to say what are the different types of problems that one might be uh experience say in a waterproofing is it horizontal uh, water issues or vertical water issues what are the different types of products that might be used uh, and so you can educate the architect on what the problems are and various solutions to that problem and then help them with the detailing, with the specifications or even uh, what services you provide once a project is under construction because many times you'll find product representatives that um, their goal is to get to sale, and so they'll be out there selling their, um, going, well, it'll be okay. We can just, we'll still give you the warranty. It's not the warranty that I'm interested in. It's a good job. I would rather have a good job with no warranty than a lousy job with a 5- or 10-year warranty. Um, I mean, the attorney's for product manufacturers are not paid tens of thousands of dollars to write a warranty that actually protects the owner, it's a warranty to protect the product manufacturer. (coughs) So really what we're looking for is a good job and help us understand how to, what a good job is, how to reject something when it's wrong and how to accept it when it's right.
0: Any tips on presentation style or format or even on the
2: lunch if they're bringing lunch? Um, (laughs) Great question. Uh, First thing, never read the slides. Uh, A lot of product manufacturers, I'd rather people talk to me rather than talk to their slideshow. Um, Again, understand what the problems are before you have a solution to the problem. Uh, lunch, you know, I would, most people like a, uh, a good lunch, something unique. Um, you know, if you're not remembered after you leave, the chances are you're not going to get specified. So you, you would rather be remembered as someone who is um, a good presenter had an interesting product, solve the problems that I have, so I can get you in the spec today. <coughs> and if nothing else, had a really good dessert, or something that again, the the folks will remember you by. And you'll have designer types that are only maybe interested in the uh, the aesthetic uh, qualities of the product. <laughs> Some people would be interested in the technical performance uh, characteristics of the product. Others would be interested in how it's installed and how to inspect it if they're in the construction administration. So you need to know who your audience is and you may have multiple people in your audience. So you want to make sure you address all the issues. Do firms ever bring in multiple uh, people for lunch and learn or is it always one at a time? Um, it's almost always one at a time. Rarely would you bring in a, uh, a competitive product or competitive manufacturer and have two of them in the room at the same time. Uh, I would say to manufacturers, don't be afraid to talk good about your competition. It's much better to be able to for the architects to understand who the good competitors are, who have equal products. So you are specifying products that are apples to apples. What you don't want to happen as a product manufacturer is to be the Cadillac product specified along with the Chevrolet product because you're not going to get the job. And that's a disservice to you as a product manufacturer, and it's a disservice to the client or the owner of the building. And so we want to find good products that solve the problem and let the marketplace decide who's going to be selected. Many manufacturers believe that they have unique products. There's nothing else like it. And that's generally not the case. Uh, Sometimes it is. Uh, If you have a unique brick, so the coloration may be different than some other coloration. But in general, there are multiple good manufacturers of doors, multiple good manufacturers of windows. Uh, And so we want to be able to select the window or the door or whatever product within the price point that uh, suits the project. So many times what we will recommend to our product manufacturer clients in our specification work is that they group their products sort of in the good, better, and best products and what their competition is in those sort of good, better, and best. Um, so if you have a corporate, a high-end corporate interior, you may be looking for the best product. But if you are having a, um, an apartment Uh, a multifamily residential project with 300 units or 600 units, you may be only looking for a good or better product uh, based on the price point of that particular project.
0: As Dennis mentioned, there's often a person in a firm whose job it is to coordinate all of the education for the architects in the firm. So we sought out one of those people. She was happy to talk to us, but she asked that we don't use her name or the firm that she worked for.
3: I was the point person for Lunch and Learns uh, uh, for approximately six years.
0: Why do architects want education from building product manufacturers?
3: Because uh, it's efficient and it's most current and it's most up-to-date.
0: And how should they set it up? How how should if they if a company's never done this before, what should they do to get in there?
3: Um, Well, I I like webinars, Uh, but if you want to do face to face, uh, you would have to find out who that point person is. Typically, there's one person in the office that sets up uh, lunch and learns and sets up having. Uh, people come in and do presentations and you would need to find out who that person is so that would be either asking the receptionist or maybe asking human resources and then also um, the, the interest uh, as architects and interior designers if they're not working on a project that could use your product Typically, they won't necessarily be interested, so it's important to find out the projects and if your product um, can be used in, in, in some way, because um, also what, what architects like um, is having the manufacturers come in and telling us what, what, what the product is, because, like I said, it's the most efficient way and it's the most up-to-date and to do it over a lunch hour is great. And and then also um, with, with the competitors too. You see, our clients usually demand, uh, you know, like three people to choose from. So So we have to come up with more than one manufacturer a lot of times. So it's also good... To let us know uh, how you can work with us, uh, also, and 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 also, everybody has to realize that 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 yeah, there there is competition, um, and and so if you can come in and present your, your your product and discuss how it can be used on the project at hand, that's that's the best.
0: So they should do a little research before they show up and ask those questions of what kind of projects you're working on prior to coming for the education. Is that right?
3: Yes, because I, I think you, you'll always have someone in the office that has an interest, even though they're, they're not even on a, a, a project that, that can use your product. Um, but it, it's sort of a waste of everybody's time. In, in, in a sense yeah uh, and and so it, um, then then also a lunch and learns where the presenter brings in lunch and, and gives it gives a presentation um, also um, you know be aware that there will be people who come in grab lunch and just leave they have no intention of even going to the presentation they, their intentions aren't just grabbing lunch, saying hi, exchanging business cards, and going back to their desk.
0: And you uh, shouldn't take offense at that.
3: Um, you know, well, uh, I, 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 I can't believe people have the audacity to do that, <laughs> but they do. Uh, and what, what, what can you do? I, I mean, what, what can you do at that point? Uh,
0: now, did you ever, as the organizer of these some of this education, did you ever reach out, or did you expect people to contact you?
3: Oh well, see, during the years that I did this, uh, was it was when there was um, a, a lot of business in, in the industry. So, it, it, so it was just the nature of the economy, where um, the manufacturers were looking um, to come in. And, and and so there was, there, there was no problem, um, I, I would always have manufacturers calling me asking me when it would be convenient to do a lunch and learn presentation.
0: And what should a product rep not do when educating architects?
3: Well, all the, all the presentations, I found that the reps are, are very well trained in making their presentation. Um, it's something that, that, that they shouldn't do uh, well, well, they, well they should definitely be prepared in terms of the technology because every now and again we had a rep come in and they looked at, at, at the situation in terms of um, um, they, they would say oh by any chance do you have a projector and and it was it was no our, our projector was being used by other people or or maybe or maybe our, our IT um, person on staff happened to be out of the office that day. Um, so, so, so the presenters really have to show up being able to give a presentation without relying on the IT person in the office and, or, or ask in advance. There, there were some presenters who um, called me a couple days in advance and asked me about the total setup. Uh, you know, what, what room are we gonna be in? What's the size of the room? Um, can, you know, do you have a screen that I can project on? You know, how far away is it? And, and, and also about lighting at, at that point. And, and, in, and, in, and in a situation that was a really good question because we happened to have this really big window where um, the, the shade wasn't very effective. So, depending on your presentation, and depending on how bright it was outside, it might wash out your presentation. So, so then what happens is that you're trying to give, so the poor presenter is trying to give a presentation, nobody can see the screen, people are getting bored, people get up and leave, you know, so so preparing for these things are also really good. And then, um, also with, with the presenters... Uh, some, like I said, all the presenters were really good at presenting. They weren't so good about, they, they, they brought lunch, like in the bags, and they just like plopped the bags down on the table, and, and, and they didn't know, they had absolutely no manners. They had no idea how to set up lunch, and, 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 and I can't believe anybody over 20 can't like set a table, <laughs> or, or, or set a buffet, and I had to come in, and I had to play like mommy to the presenters of, of just how to take lunch out of the bags and put them nicely on the buffet table <laughs> or, or the buffet counter. Um, is, so, so maybe if the presenters could be taught a little uh, graciousness and, like, if they're going to bring food, they should know how to set it out <laughs> all by themselves.
0: Last but certainly not least, We wanted to hear from a building product manufacturer with lots of experience in doing face-to-face presentations and get their advice. So we were put in touch with Dave DeBeer, who is the Architectural Services Manager for Custom Building Products.
4: Well, I'm Dave DeBeer, Custom Building Products, the National Architectural Services Manager, and uh, we have been doing the AIA CES programs now for about six years, seven years, something like that. And uh, we've developed everything on our own. We're pretty proud of what we've done. We've been able to win the award for excellence a couple of years ago for our programming and our management of of the program. And uh, we just continue to plug along. So
0: why do architects want to hear from building product manufacturers like yourself?
4: There's a couple of different areas. Uh, Number one, they want current information. They want to stay current. Uh, Oftentimes things get outdated quickly because technology is moving so fast. They, they want to hear specifics related to projects they're working on. You know, and, and all the different divisions that are out there and sections, they, they can't be an expert on everything. So they have to rely on product manufacturers to come in and, and give them the right information. And uh, that's one of the main reasons. And obviously, continuing education for licensing and what have you is a, is a big deal. How should they approach architects? How do they
0: get in front of the architects to make that presentation?
4: A good manufacturer will obviously employ good reps. And the very first thing I believe and what we've done at Custom Building Products is to go out into the architectural community trying desperately not to sell our products. Because it is a fact that architects don't buy our products. Most people make the grave mistake of sending salespeople in to see architects. And a good architect who's in the business his time is short, he's looking for specific information and he'll spot a salesman a mile away. And typically, uh, when you bring your educational programs to the marketplace, you're you're not selling them anything, but you're offering them uh, information they need as a consultant. And by doing that and working with the chapters and, and like the AI national groups and what have you, You build a network and you become a resource. And architects will see your company logo and your name and understand that you're not salesmen. And that typically will breed success and and build relationships, and that's how you get in there to market your materials, if you will. That's what we've done. It's very successful.
0: So once they get in, what should they present? How should they do it?
4: Whoever's facilitating the the AIA Lunch and Learn or, or whatever you're format is you should be representing your industry not your products Uh, you should try to build a program and deliver it pretty much the same way your product or technology was created because that's what an architect's looking for or a spec writer they're they're going for performance driven standards more and more Uh, ANSI standards ASTM stuff so deliver the information about your industry in a format that they can use don't go out there and say this is the biggest most beautiful blue thing in the world go out there and tell them what it is how it works and why it was developed and how it integrates with the rest of the project that's what you need to deliver don't go try to sell them anything
0: so what should they not do what are the big mistakes
4: Don't try to sell them anything. The biggest pitfall is you send a salesman to do a technical presentation. And a a lot of companies out there fail miserably at doing that because they put a a, a high-quality professional sales rep out there looking for a purchase order when, in fact, again, the architect's not going to give you a PO. And a lot of people don't understand that, you have to deliver the technology, the information, without selling, and uh, they'll get out there and they'll just break into a sales pitch. Uh, one particular instance, I was, at, I was asked to come in and, and visit an architectural firm, uh, a good spec writer friend of mine on the East Coast, and I'm sitting there enjoying myself, learning something about uh, a product group that I'd never even seen before and I was more interested in the guy's delivery and his program. And about halfway through that presentation, uh, the the program manager for the architectural firm stood up and said, this is not an AIA CES program. And and the 15 or 20 or so architects were in the rooms are listening to this, and this gentleman stood up and said, hey, this is not a CES program. You will not be getting your one-hour learning unit. And he turned to the presenter and said, you have an option you can just leave now or you can finish your deal but this is not a ces program and i sat back and i was kind of proud of the guy to to step up and say you are a salesman this doesn't qualify so and that happens more and more i think as as the uh, licensing requirements become larger and larger we're up to 36 states or something like that now and uh People's livelihoods are at stake. Their licenses are at stake. So we have to pay attention to that as a provider. Don't abuse that. That poor guy that broke out into a sales pitch, he never went back there. I don't don't think he's around anymore. Another thing not to do, um, if you're going to employ reps to go out and deliver CES programs and what have you, uh, is don't put them in a bad spot. Don't embarrass them and don't embarrass yourselves. For example, there was a large company here in the U.S. that... uh, makes gypsum products, wallboard and what have you. And they interviewed and interviewed and interviewed and found this dynamic speaker, really nice lady, we'll call her Susie, uh, to, to go out there and deliver these CES programs. So they hire her, put her on board, give her a couple of weeks of training, hand her the, the book with all of the speaker notes and handouts and all the, the whatnots for the program, and they throw her out there into a large architectural firm to deliver this uh CES program on high-impact gypsum fire readings and and some real pretty interesting technical stuff. She got up there and uh, within minutes was nervous and ultimately failed miserably. Uh, That's something you just don't want to do. Now, poor Susie, being a good salesperson, great resume and dynamic speaker, uh, she came from a shoe company and she was selling shoes. Maybe not a retail store, but perhaps wholesale or something like that. The only thing that, that that she knew was that she knew nothing about construction, the building materials, other than what she was taught in two weeks. And obviously now, that particular gypsum manufacturer, at least at the time, for a while, that gypsum manufacturer out there was known as the big company that had poor quality education. And they did some pretty substantial damage to themselves in that market because they hired somebody and put that young lady in a really bad situation. It was embarrassing to her personally. It was embarrassing to her boss who hired her, the company, etc. That's another thing to consider uh, when you don't want to do something. Don't do that. Don't put your people in a bad spot. They have to be technically proficient to succeed. There's no doubt.